fellas, don't drink that coffee. Joking that um, you were doing both of those voices <laughs> yourself. Oh wait, because you guys could hear me, but I couldn't hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you gotta go vacuum. Oh, okay. Slap happy. Okay, we're back. Let's do this. We're back. So, welcome back mm. to Dish and the Percolator. We are a podcast about Twin Peaks. We are talking part two of Twin Peaks The Return on Showtime. My name is Sean O'Donnell. With me, as always, is Dallas McLaughlin. Dallas, hi. Hey, buddy. And also, we are joined by our friend and contributor, John Lorenz. John, hi. Hi. Um, welcome back, dudes. Uh, hey, buddy. Well, thank you. You're welcome back. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me back. So... Um, <laughs> it's, well, it's so crazy we could coordinate this with you, John, two times in a row. <laughs> so just for, for just full disclosure, we just taped part one, and we're taping part two. Some people probably watched, most people probably watched one and two together, but for those who didn't, we wanted to kind of like separate them so we didn't spoil two while talking about one. Anyway, so here we are to talk about part two. We are uh, Dish and the Percolator. You can follow us at Percolator Pod. You can follow us. We have a website, uh, which is www.dishandthepercolator.com. Um, Dallas, what's your Twitter handle again? At Dallas. At CoreFan61958. <laughs> tell us what, uh, okay, if I, if I post these tomorrow, tell us where we can see you do stand up. In the next uh, I'll weeks. be doing. I'll be headlining the Madhouse Comedy Club and the at the top of the Horton Plaza Mall in downtown San Diego on Sunday, May twenty eighth. Okay. Uh, so I'll be doing like thirty minutes, and it'll probably be like twenty minutes of new stuff. Okay. Uh, and then I'll be doing uh, the American Comedy Co. Also downtown San Diego, June first. I'll be featuring for a guy named Michael Blaustein, who's actually extremely funny. Okay. Those are the two times that cool. I would say. May 28th, Madhouse, June 1st, American Comedy Co. Everyone go see Dallas if you live in San Diego or Southern California. He's very funny. If you didn't know. Please do. Uh, Please John, do. John Lorenz, tell us what you have going on. What, what's coming up for you? Um, we are getting ready um, to start rehearsing uh, a show that I created with my friend called Pump Up the Volume, a 90s palooza. Yes. And um, it's in San Diego. It's going to be performed in downtown San Diego starting mid-July. And um, as the script currently stands, there may be an appearance of the Twin Peaks theme song. Yes. And a short speech uh, by Agent Dale Cooper. Um, you got to keep it. <clears throat> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, and he kind of he brings in two other people from the FBI who carry big flashlights. Yeah. Uh, wink, wink, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it should be. It's, That's it awesome. should be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, let me know when auditions are for that, John. I'd really like to oh, be a part of yeah, it. Oh, yeah, Dallas, no. What? What? I mean, there's, a, got a, there's a lot of rap in the show. I, well, yeah, and I didn't get a phone call. What do you got, Leonard Patton again? Come for on, the, man. For those of you who don't know, Dallas, Dallas is a rapper. Yeah, I'm a rapper. And, I mean, somebody's got to do the Dickie Barrett voice from my, my boss tones. <laughs> what year did um, Bill Gates' Owes Five Bucks come out? 1996. Does that help my chances? No, that's not true. <laughs> okay. When you get around, <laughs> when hey. you get around to making a musical about the mid 2000s, hey, <laughs> it's my job. I only have one job, and that's to keep us somewhat on track. So, okay. So support Dallas and John, please. Let's start talking. I'm about excited it. about Pump Up the Volume, man. I'm really. I, I actually am too. Please, hey, please hey. go see that. It's going to be awesome. Um. Okay. So Twin Peaks: The Return. Part two. Um, uh, we don't have to go as kind of like chronologically through this. If you guys want to talk about, again, we did that with the first one so that we didn't start talking about parts of part two in part one. Um, but this one definitely kind of, I felt like opened the door a little bit more. Like we got, we were in the red room for a lot of it. Like there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, I really enjoyed this one. But anyway, Dallas, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Like sometimes this episode made Fire Walk with me look like, you know, I don't know, Northern Exposure, if that's like the right sentence to say. It just Yeah, makes... I feel like you're trying to insult Northern Exposure, and that's never gonna work between you and I. <laughs> um so But you know my... what I mean? Like it made it no, feel totally, like totally. way more like uh palatable than like this is a really strange episode. So you know? here's what I feel like is happening through the. I've only watched part one and part two. Sure, me too. And uh, then I just then I deleted Showtime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like there's a there there's a fight happening between Mark Frost and David Lynch, and right now the fans are losing. <laughs> Like I, <laughs> but I feel which, like Mark Frost is trying to tell you a story, and David Lynch is like, "Fuck you, no." <laughs> but what? Which fans Sorry are? Sorry for language. I know we don't which, have an E rating. No, I have to throw the E on there now. What fans are are being affected by this? Well, I mean, if there's any left. But uh, like, okay, then ones. then here's a question: Do you consider? Are you a Twin Peaks fan? Do you feel that way? Nope. I I know. So then I th- nope. I disagree with you. I feel like. I feel like I am being like, uh, I don't want to say see, here's what's happening to you, Sean. You're being lulled in by the lies that is David Lynch. What do you mean? I sat around, you know, our, we all have a friend named Matt Warburton. John Lorenz, you know Matt Warburton, right? Yes. I don't know why you said it like that. <laughs> I was trying did you to just, remember. Did you just kill him? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> You, I mean, you definitely know him, even if you haven't seen him for a while, you would recognize yeah. him. But uh, we sat and talked at lunch the other day about Twin Peaks, and we talked for a long time. And I feel, and I was like, you know, you, you and John, both of you are, you know, when we did the Fire Walk With Me episode, I mean, it was like, you know, we might as well just call the episode, it's worth noting. Um because you guys kept talking about very specific things, and and that's great. I mean, you're super fans of the show. I'm not. I not. I would never insult you for it. Like I, the show is interesting. It's different, and I understand it totally. But knowing, like you guys knowing what David Lynch is, and me knowing his recent work 
better than Twin Peaks. Like, so Mulholland Drive, Inland Empire, all that stuff. I know that he just does stuff to do stuff. And so I feel like I feel like sometimes I watch the show and I go, how can people think that there's anything behind this when you know for a fact that he's like, we should just have the kid break dance. <laughs> and then like they do. Right. And then you spend an hour thinking about break dancing when you shouldn't. But I does this make sense? But, yeah, it does. But I don't think is he's just to me. David Lynch is not the work of David Lynch is not like lost where that felt deliberate and just like, oh, I don't have an answer. Let's so create this thing that never can be solved. Like, I feel the like show lost? What? The show lost? Yes. Okay. I thought you were like making what, a statement. What are you guys referring to when you say the kid break dancing? Oh, that's in Twitch the first episode. That's in the pilot. Remember the kid break dance? It's a, it's a great scene. But it's it's like, very funny. I have no problem with it. It's after Donna... It's after James come up, he comes up and is like, oh, nice day yeah. for a picnic. And then yeah, as yeah. that scene ends, that guy, the kid just like break dance, dances out of the scene. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what Dallas is saying. My, my feeling watching this was I was torn because I, I didn't know what Twin Peaks we were going to get. Um, I, I didn't know if we were going to get a show that felt or a new show that felt like the show or if we were going to get something that felt like fire walk with me. And I feel like what we've got right now is something to, that just feels like all his movies. I feel sure. like, mm-hmm. like, yes, yeah. yes. And, and, and I would say that like twin peaks was the phenomenon. It was because it, it hit the mainstream and it, it was still playing enough by the rules of television back then. And the characters were, very much tropes, you know, like the femme fatale and the 1950s James Dean guy and the, you know, the Marilyn Monroe type. And the there were all these character tropes along with it sort of still being a nighttime soap opera. Like, sure, it was still sort of dynasty or, you know, even yeah. though it, it had this David Lynch thing. But. You know, there's a reason that Twin Peaks is this huge thing and that Lost Highway is not, you know, even though I love <laughs> Lost Highway. Um, and so as I'm watching this, I'm going like, oh, my goodness, is, you know, how is this going to be received by all the people who just, you know, loved wondering whose baby it was and what was up with little Nikki and, you know, all those kind of like. <clears throat> Tee haha um antics. Sure. Uh, so I you know, I actually I peeked at some reviews this morning and they all seem to be good, but I would say critics tend to be more I, I think of yeah of like the Lynch thing, you know, than where I'm like where I'm yeah or somebody. I feel like right now where I am with this show, I'd be surprised if it does well. Like I think critics are going to love it because this is for critics. But like even like Lost where like oh it's so weird but like you had the kind of like there's no one who's like young in this show yet. You know what I mean? Like where people were right. like oh like the girls whose boyfriends dragged them <clears throat> into the Lost were like oh do I like Jack or do I like Sawyer? You know, right. and the guys liked Kate. Like there isn't there those like you have a like the characters in the show are like what you've got Cooper you know what I mean? We don't even know who the cast is, really. 
So, Great. and when yeah. Sam came on in the last episode, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be like the young guy." No, and then he dies. So of course, like, what's he doing? You know, and then yeah. he gets murdered. And then yeah. in this episode, a similar thing happens with another young character. I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be the yes. this is going to be the new Audrey." You know, in this no, uh, and uh, apparently not. And having so. said all that, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't give a rat's if oh, America sure, likes sure. this because. But they've already paid for it. You know can, what I mean? can I can I say a couple things here, please? One, um, I don't think it matters how well it does because it's on Showtime. I think it's like this: if there was ever a show that should be like an HBO Showtime type of program, it's Twin Peaks. Yes, where it's like they're not really cared; they don't really care too much about ratings as they do like the hype. You know what I mean? Yes. Right. And separately. If you continue to make lost references, I really will stop doing this podcast. Okay, right I'm done. I'm done. I will say though that like the the core of us who have bought every now we're we making core references or <laughs> who have bought every you know like version of this on VHS and DVD and Blu-ray are going to continue to support this brand if till we all yeah, but die. To like, your point. To, to your point, John, about like why this was a phenomenon and why Lost Highway was, you know, wasn't. Some people who, you know, I've seen Lost Highway. I like that movie. People like that movie. But like, I think the X Factor here is Mark Frost. I think it was yes. like there was a guy who kept Lynch on target to some degree. And I mean, and I know this is a terrible comparison, but you look at the first three. Uh, Beatles Adam albums. Movies. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you look at the first three Wings albums, and <laughs> it's all Linda. First, it's all Linda. It's all Linda. You look at the first three Adam Sandler movies for real. They're all co-written. Adam Sandler and somebody else is co-writing them, and then the fourth Adam Sandler movie is probably one of the worst, and it's The Water Boy, and it was written just by Adam Sandler. Oh come on! How so can you like, say that's the worst? It's not the worst. I'm sorry. It was the it, out of those first four. It was the, definitely the worst. Did you see Little Nicky? I was going to say, bringing it back to Twin Peaks. Did you see Little Nicky? But again, <laughs> Little Nicky was all Adam Sandler. So when Adam Sandler was left to his own devices and wrote the movie on his own, you got Waterboy. Now, you got having Little said Nikki. all of that, this still does not feel like Mark Frost showed up to the writers' room at this point. Up to part what two. What I see, what I feel like, because I. I, I I do feel like I feel him in there. I just think that what Lynch is doing, what he did in the finale, and yeah. he's like, I'm going to deconstruct it and take my sweet-ass time yeah. with every bit of it, and I've got all the time in the world now, so I'm going to like drench this in atmosphere. You know, on any other show that... You know, if J.J. Abrams made episode one, that scene with the with the box would be like a third as long. And sure. you would get the story, and it would probably be just as compelling. Yeah, but it and a would lot just more lens flares. A different, yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> lens flare on the butt. Yeah, um, but <laughs> the um, the, I I, th- I I I go. Oh, they're they're building a world here, but then yes. David Lynch has just decided to build it like grain of sand by grain of sand. Um, and and my hope is just that what it will pick up. You know, yeah. that the entire thing isn't these like slow, dreamy uh, things, which I love those things. But at some point you have to like, you know, well, you, you go, you go, OK, well, we're two in and there's just still so much 
I want to get right. to. So like, yeah. but having said all of that, I love this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, so let's start talking too. about it. So this starts with, uh, we're back with Matthew Lillard in the jail and, um, so it's his wife, and they're. I'll be right back. <laughs> they both are uh, also in pump up the volume. Oh, oh, nice. Um, so <laughs> he he knows. So she knows he was having. I guess we found out he was having an affair with the woman. Is it Ruth? Is that the name of the woman who's dead? I don't know. But I thought he was having an affair with his secretary, who he gave a ride home to. Was I don't know. I thought I thought he said there. Maybe I that's it was who it was. I did too. But you might be right, and, Dallas. And, and and he said his alibi was that he gave somebody at the school a ride home. Yes, which was her name was Betty, who comes yeah. into this like I think later in the show. Um, okay, but like let's talk about this scene. Because I was like taking a nap today, and right before I fell asleep, I saw the guy who, when they pan away from his cell, two cells down, is sitting in a cell. Do you know who I'm, what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, totally. What is that? Well, first of all, going back just one second, I love that the their entire argument is like nose to nose. Yes, <laughs> like. And and I was like, this is kind of melodramatic, but if it, it felt fantastic to me, that like felt like Twin, Twin Peaks to me. Sure, sure, some sure. Of the, some of the, She's like, like you're going to jail for life. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that pan away. What was your reaction the first time that you saw that? I, the whole like, you can ask my wife. For two hours last night, I was just going what is happening like really loudly and that was definitely one of them where i'm like the first time i saw it i'm like what was that and then honestly today when i saw it i was like is that bob like is this guy the new bob like we're gonna get into things this episode where david lynch is like i'm gonna change this piece of the show that you knew into something completely different and here is what it is. And I was like, "Could is what, what happened with Matthew Lillard's character in this scene? Because he says in the beginning in that scene, I was dreaming. I wasn't there. It wasn't me. I so, wonder if he was having a Leland experience. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but totally. what, what was that guy? Like, literally, I'm like falling asleep today. And just as I fall asleep, I see him and he's like, hi. And he just like floats into the sky like he does in the, in the episode. <laughs> now, did you guys think that was funny the first time? <laughs> it was a little funny, but a little like, because he like disappears and then you just see his face like kind of float away. I was unnerved by the guy because he's, he's basically frozen, crouching over, kind of twisted in sideways. But then his face is like, his eyes are all bugged out. Yeah. And the first thing I thought was, oh, that reminds me of that crazy homeless person in the in back of the Mulholland restaurant Drive. in yeah. Mulholland Drive. Yeah. And then I know it was another one of those special effects things where like it looks so weird and flat. The yeah. special effect, and then he disappears, but then his head is still there. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, when it started floating away, though. I was like, it just reminded me of a balloon, like, kind of like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> dude, I... I started laughing at it, and then I'm like, is that supposed to be funny? And then I, I was kind of like, that silly, but then today I'm thinking about it, I'm like, why would his head like float away like that? That's so silly, and then I'm like. 
what if that's that's the guy whose body is oh okay like because there's that like fat weird man body yeah that is headless that they found and i thought oh maybe there's a maybe there's a correlation there okay Uh, yeah good idea so for me that scene was you know number one going okay is matthew lillard the the leland palmer of this of this version you know of this chapter and um so sorry, we're back, everyone. My computer was being just the biggest butthead, and I think I fixed it. And it's actually been 24 hours since the last part of this podcast. So we're back. We're we're focused. My computer is focused. I've had a long talk with it. Uh, we're gonna keep moving through part two of Twin Peaks: The Return. So last thing we were talking about was the creepy dude at the end of the jail scene in the beginning of this episode. Um, and the next thing that happens is we're in Vegas. Actually, the next thing that happens is we see, um, we see Cooper at, uh, or bad Cooper at the Hastings house. And so, and I think this is the one thing we might've missed when we, when my computer, uh, stopped working was that it seems weird that no one is ever afraid of bad Cooper. Like, if he's mm-hmm. if he's this really evil guy, the way she reacts when she sees him is like, "Oh, hey, it's you," and not at all like, "I'm gonna die." You know what I mean? Which she does. Yeah, I mean, I thought I connected that with what she had told her husband about um, having having been seeing somebody else. Where she 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 told him who she was sleeping with, and then sure. she said, and then there was somebody else or something well, he, like that. I think that's what he says. He goes, I know about you and George, which is the lawyer. And then he goes, and maybe somebody right. else. So maybe that's what maybe that's what we're supposed to believe is that that's who yeah. who else. So that's why she's not afraid of him is because, yeah, we don't really know what Cooper's doing with this whole family because we know he's involved. Because the thing he says before he shoots her, which is, he says like, you did good. So Phyllis was involved somehow in the crime that, you know, mm-hmm. he's being, um, charged with. So, yeah. And apparently Coop's new, uh, MO as to, to take from David Lynch is shooting people in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's weird? Like, I thought it's weird that like Bob was very like physical in the nature of all of the people he killed and cooper seems very like he like could you you imagine bob using a gun no no i think it's kind of strange i don't know yeah people are strange (laughs) anyway just thought it was something worth kind of noting because I think that was part of the terror like that Bob brought to the table was he was so hands-on. Um, or Cooper seems... I don't know. I don't know. This is some, uh, something I thought about with the guns. But, well, this is why it's not Bob, though. You don't, you don't think so? So... The one it's th- his doppelganger. So it's we, not Bob. We missed... But um, I, think, I think that Bob's a part of him somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. I, it's, it's just, I, I don't know it's if this different. analogy... Got cut off. Cut, it did. Cut, cut out of it. Did. We did tell us. It did cut, tell us what you were you were talking about last night. Well, I, there's two things. Of, I had two theories about this whole thing. One, I do think that for some reason we are seeing something that isn't Agent Cooper. 
uh, like people are, we are seeing Agent Cooper, Bad Cooper, sorry, Bad Cooper, but people in the show who are seeing Bad Cooper aren't seeing Bad Cooper. They're seeing something else. Yeah. So that's why I think that he's familiar to some people and not to other people. And then I also think that, and I know this is a bad analogy, but like the Green Mile, when Michael Clark Duncan would like spill those little things into people, he would like give them a piece of him. And so I think that that's maybe what's going on with Bad Cooper. Like there's a piece of Bob in him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not Bob. Hmm. Yeah. 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 The thing that I had wondered about it well, is that exact thing. I had thought for years that the way Twin Peaks ended was he looked in the mirror and that that meant that he was possessed by Bob. And I had read people coming up with these theories over the years where they said, no, no, it's not Bob, which that didn't make any sense to me because obviously he's there in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. But their their theory was that like everybody else in the lodge, like once you go in there, basically you you break off the dark part of you breaks off or something and becomes this dark kind of force of nature, your doppelganger, your evil twin. And um so well, you can see at the end of the series that in fact, you know, the doppelganger is Bracing him to the exit of the lodge yeah. and grabs him. Uh, so, so I, I guess that's valid, uh, especially now. It seems like they are, um, you know. Otherwise, why would there be two? You know. Sure. I, so I think that Bob. I mean, you, you could see that scene that they keep showing in the flashback where Bob and the evil Cooper are laughing together. <clears throat> yeah. So maybe. maybe Maybe Bob decides that he's going to, like, together, they're in cahoots now. Um, and I'm, you know, there's some things I think maybe from later on in a, in the next episode that make me still think that. But sure. uh, I get ahead of myself. But No, please don't. <clears throat> Although I watched episode three <laughs> last night and, uh, okay, I'm excited to talk to Dallas about that one. Um, let's move on. So... We, we're in Vegas for like a really quick scene with a guy from uh, Mulholland Drive who we don't really get a lot of information here, but apparently he works for some some kind of bad guy because he says, you know, why do you let him make you do these things? And he says, you better hope you never get involved with someone like him. And we're not really told anything else. We're just in Vegas for like one little scene and we're out. Um, but... Yeah, I guess we'll find out more of what's happening with these guys. I don't know. What uh the the what was the information that we get in that or do we? He so this guy comes in who obviously so okay, the dude I don't know the guy's name, but he was in, the guy in Mulholland Drive who who gives the, yeah. the like monologue at Winkies. He yes. he he has this assistant who comes in and he gives him like it looks like two stacks of cash and he says you know the mr todd says to tell her she has the job um mm. whatever that means okay yeah we don't we, that's really all we get so i love the next scene i love <laughs> Cooper, bad Cooper at dinner. Like the thought of Bob having to sit down to dinner is like this. You know what I mean? Like he's trying to be so 
he's trying to be as civil as he can while still looking like he's just going to destroy everyone. You know, with <laughs> we're here with Ray and Daria and then some guy named Jack we've not met until now. And, you know, Ray is obviously kind of taunting Cooper, which like, come on, this is not a good idea. Um, but you can tell he's just like really trying to be as civilized as some possessed demonic creature can be while he's trying to, you know, finish his salad. Um, anyway, I really like his speech about how he says, you know, I don't raise like, Oh, you know, I'll get you that information that you need. That you need. And he says, want, he says, I want, I don't need anything. I want, um, but this is where it ties into the Bill Hastings story because apparently Ray's going to get info from Bill's secretary, which I think is the woman we talked about. He's driving home. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm guessing that's what it is. So again, we don't really know what Co- what role Cooper played in all of this, but I think we're gonna. I feel like we're gonna find out. Um. So. Anyway. Right? Yeah, I was waiting for him to do something when he finally drank his coffee. Yeah. And he didn't really. Say a line about coffee? There's been, well, you know. There's been a couple of times where you watch someone drink coffee and nothing happens. Like right. um you're waiting yeah. for Ben, you know, when, when Tracy brings, or, or not Ben, Sam, she brings him those coffees and he like drinks the coffee and he just kind of looks at the cup and like, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, right. there's not there's not enough coffee talk so far. No, no, <laughs> no sonnets, no, no haikus, no that. haikus. No, we're we're waiting. I'm sure I'm sure they're coming, or maybe not. Who knows? Um, right. We get to see uh, the log lady again. So Hawk is in the woods, and he's he, we get that like kind of flashlight shot of the of the trees. We've seen this kind of thing before from the old series. Um, and he gets a call on his cell phone from the log lady who wants to know where he's walking. And he talks about, you know, something's happening here tonight. And she says, I think it's a kind of a cool line about the stars turn and the time presents itself. So, um, what's go, what's going on? God. My cat. (laughs) God does not want us to finish wow. this episode. <laughs> oh my god. I think the the cat's got his tongue. No, the cat got his paw his claw stuck in the uh, in a rug <laughs> in like a mat. And uh and it's the mat that's next to me and he couldn't get his claw out and he was rolling around and the mat just covering him and he was freaking out. <laughs> So I had to help him. That's what happened. Thank you guys for listening to Dish and the Percolator. (laughs) This is our last episode. I don't care anymore. I'm going to go jump off the roof of the house I'm staying in. Sorry. I'm sorry. I feel like the cat with my claw stuck in the rug. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to get through this. Okay. Okay, go. Continue on. So, Cooper, he's bad. He's wearing a wig. Yeah, yeah, we get Snake it, Dallas. We get, we get how into it you are. So um, what, what's happening here? Hawk's, Hawk's looking for something. We don't really know why. He says something about her, her log and him are on the same page. But, like, we didn't see him leave the sheriff's station. He's just like, yeah, 
you know, this is what I'm doing. Something's supposed to be happening. Um, and he finally finds the sycamore trees, the grove of trees, and we see the curtains kind of appear behind the trees. Um, and then we're in back in the red room for a long time. So, John, what was your thought like when you're like, oh, here we are, we're back, you know, and you see Mike? Uh, I don't remember right now exactly what he says, but I remember that my first thought as he started talking was, oh, is he going to kind of fill the role that the little man did? Yeah. Um, because everything he was saying felt like that to me, um, until, until they walked into the other room. (laughs) Yeah. You wonder Um, if like with the whole story with Mike Anderson kind of not, we don't know. I don't know the truth. I just know he like Mike Anderson publicly like ranted about not getting paid enough. And so he said he like, didn't want to be a part of it. That maybe this would have been him. You know, like if they had to, if this is true, then they had to rewrite a lot. And so, yeah, you wonder if this would have been him. Like special effects. And spend a lot of money on the special effects that replace him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he does Um, say that that line, though, is is it future, is it past, is from the missing pieces, I think. The little man says that. Yeah, he does. He says it twice in the missing pieces. Yeah. And he says, um, so this is. He says it twice here, too. Yes, he does. He so he says it, and then we get into this scene that I think this is the. This scene's kind of cool because this is, I think, what Laura was talking about when she says, "I'll see you in twenty-five years." Is this encounter? So I don't know if they haven't seen each other in twenty-five years, you know, or if like I don't know how time is time has gone in the red room. If it's if they like see each other every once in a while, or it's like this is the first time in twenty-five years that she's appeared to him, but we have this scene and it's very reminiscent of, you know, scenes previous with him and her, you know, the, in the, uh, the season, uh, the season two finale, but then also the second episode of the first season when they first, you know, he's the first time he's in the red room. So. Mm -hmm. I've always felt, I always got the impression that it, it being a timeless place, it feels like forever and it feels like five minutes all sure. at the same time. Yeah. So, so I, you know, if this, I assume that this was the first time she had seen him, um, but it could have been like five minutes for him, maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah, as, he, as much as it would have been 25 years. Sure. Um, the scene plays out like almost exactly like it did in the first one. Up until he says, who are you? And she says, she finally says, I am Laura Palmer. And he says, but Laura Palmer is dead. And she says, I'm dead, but yet I live. And that's where she takes her face off. So was that one of the ones where, Dallas, you were talking about how you felt the effects felt like kind of like. Yeah. 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 I, a little, I felt a little, that way. Yeah. A little flight of the navigator. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good flight but of the like, navigator I would reference. Have appreciated, I would have appreciated a good old like cheesy eighties like green screen effect, which is how they would have done it back then. But yeah. since they had the technology. But again, after talking to you guys, I, I agree. I think I think they were going for 
an abstraction yeah. or a surrealness. Yeah, uh, yeah it's got to be a stylistic choice. Because they to can obviously, you know, you've seen a hundred movies now in the last five years where people take their face off and it's like a doll's mask or something and it looks amazing. I have um, no, I have no idea so. what this means, though, as far as, like, beyond the effect, like... You know, what does it mean that she says, I'm dead, yet I live, and then she takes her face off? Like, beyond all of, like, the, you know, how, what we think about the effect, it's like, what, like, I, I, I don't know. Nothing nothing hit me at all when I watched it of, like, what this actually, what this is, they're trying to say. Um, it reminded me of the movie Face Off, starring <laughs> Nicolas Cage. If Nicolas Cage was underneath that face... Who How? turns into a bad Nicolas Cage, wink, wink, snake eyes, wink, wink, bad <laughs> Cooper. Dallas is solved she took her, Twin Peaks. She took her face off. <laughs> um, I love I, that my, movie, my, by my the way. Honest, it's a great movie. Very, it's so good. Very appropriately rated. Yes. Uh, I feel like her face taking off is like, uh, like I'm a spirit. Like I'm just... Sure. I'm you know dead. I mean? like, I'm I dead. Yet I, I live. Yeah, like no pun intended. I took it kind of at face value. Like no pun intended. <laughs> Dallas, <laughs> Dallas. Guess what? what? Ding, 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 ding. You just named part two at face value. <laughs> Congratulations, yes. sir. John, tell him what he's won. Uh, you've won uh, a Showtime password that will allow you to watch <laughs> 16 more ep- hours of this. <laughs> oh, no, Congra- I heard that password doesn't work. <laughs> Congratulations, Dallas. Congratulations. So, oh, um, so it's, uh, I was shocked and surprised when at the end of this, she was just like sucked up by the great vacuum in the sky. I don't know what happened, but they both look up and it's just like a lot of violent shaking and she is kind of whisked away. Um, I liked, like when I was watching this, I was like, I would have loved to have read if this was in fact in the script, I would have loved to have read how they described it. Yeah. Um, But in my, but then I was also linking it to the, you know, (laughs) man floating away. (laughs) earlier in the episode she's gone on to be Uh, with that guy yeah maybe i don't know i I was i found it startling uh as a turn of events but but again it was like just a little bit funny well Um, we know we know that this is not this is like the good i guess if laura has a bad laura because we saw her in the second season finale this is the good mm -hmm. laura and we don't know Who's at work here? I mean, I, I don't know who's in charge. Who would who would have the power to to do that to her? I feel like I feel like it's worth noting that I wanted all of this kind of mythology expanded, and he is giving us that. Like again, like some of the questions I had going into this, I don't even care about anymore because I'm like, what is happening now? I, I mm-hmm. think it's and I think it's great. I think Lynch is like. Oh, you guys were excited about this thing? Well, let me show you what else I can do. So, and I I understand that some people would not feel that way, but I I am like, wow, there's a lot more going on here than we thought. Uh, Two things. The one question I have that I'm still waiting to get answered is, what happened to Sam Stanley? Yes. No, 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 not, not, not Sam Stanley. You're Chet Desmond, right? 
No, no, no. I want to know both if, of them. I want to know if Stanley had a great career. I want to know if he maybe got promoted. Um, if he stopped wearing bow ties, there's some questions. <laughs> Did we talk about how Sam Stanley is mentioned in the pilot? We have in the we, first episode. We haven't, but you're right. He says go to go to um, Albert on this. He says, don't go to get Sam. Albert. I don't go to Sam. Yeah. And then um, and then there's a deleted scene that I don't know if we talked about where Sam and Cooper are talking together and Sam is enamored with him. Yeah. And uh, and Cooper is annoyed with him for we, some reason. We didn't um, talk about that. Um, yeah, but yeah. that is in the missing pieces. Dallas, did you watch the missing pieces yet? Um, the the file that John sent me was only fifteen minutes long. I don't know what happened with that, but and I try to go back. Oh, wait, and wait, wait, wait. It up. What do you mean? We, John doesn't have some like uh, illegal file of the missing pieces. What are you talking about? Yeah, like literally the file that he hard copied mailed to me <laughs> that I had to do like a flip book kind of thing with. Yeah. It only timed out to fifteen minutes. Um, long enough for me to see the most ridiculous fist fight. Of my lifetime. Yeah, that's yes. a pretty good fist fight. I love that fight. Um, but no, the, I, I honestly do think that in the first episode, and then even in this episode, that Lynch and Frost surprisingly answered a lot of questions really quickly. Yeah, I don't know if you guys got that same feeling, but like, like what happened to Cooper? I think it's pretty explained what happened to Cooper at the end of season two. Yeah, I mean, in a broad sense, yeah. You, you yeah, know. you know what I mean? Like, it's not like they never outright answered it, but it was almost done in a way that it's like, well, this is what happened. Now, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So sure. I, I feel like they did a good job of, like, I think that's why, Sean, that maybe you're not interested in the answers because you kind of are getting them with more story. Sure. Right. Well, I, know, I, I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff that we still don't know about. What I, what I, sure. I'm trying oh, to oh. compliment Lynch in that, like, I was thinking about um, Dallas. You follow Rob Delaney, that comedian. I don't know if you if you're a fan of his at all, but I remember him talking one time about how he's like, people steal my jokes all the time, and I like stopped on Twitter trying to like go after them because he's like, I'll just write more jokes. And I was thinking yeah. about like David Lynch is just like, oh, you guys like the Red Room and all this stuff. Like I have more of this inside of my head. Like I'm gonna give you more cool things to talk about. Like we don't have to just focus on these things that you guys have literally spent your, like the last 25 years, you know, like <laughs> wasting right. your like, life. That was two scenes. That was yeah. two scenes in a show 25 years like, ago. And you, yeah, you know, John, all the rules. Yes, John, he's like Shatner in the SNL sketch. Where he's like, get a life people. The red room was 25 years ago. I can do way cooler things than that. I'm on Showtime now. Anyway, well, not not with graphics, but yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> well, let's go. Let's keep going. Let's get back to can graphics. I say, yes, please. I'll, I'll move on here. So when we got back into the red room, I noticed a couple of things. Um, there's that statue that they always show with yes. the, with the missing arm. Yes, and I thought when I saw it that it looked like the weird featureless form that attack those um, nice young naked people in the previous oh, episode. Yeah. And I, my first thought was like, Oh, I wonder if that thing's alive. Cause they gave it a couple of close ups, like yeah. where they like cut to it as if it was reacting or something. Yeah. 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 And uh, so the, I'm just sharing the thought that came in my head at that moment. I have yeah. a couple of theories about who that, um, who went after the kids that I will share as we move forward. Rad. Cool. Okay. I actually have a theory too, oddly enough. 
Okay. Yeah. It's not a joke, and it might be the same theory, John. Oh, okay. What you is it? Feel free. Are we talking about that now, or should we wait till we get to John? Is I think later. John John is holding back because he has seen three and four. Oh well, then maybe no, I shouldn't because well, I haven't seen. Also, it's just later in the episode. We haven't got to when I get. <laughs> so that when we get to later in the episode, okay. Well, yeah, let's yeah. keep going. Let's keep going. So, um, Laura is like sucked up into the great. I don't know wherever she's sucked up to. The um, Great Northern. The Great Northern. She's the Great Northern. Okay, so she also before she does that, she says something. She tells him he can go right, which he he kind of can't. We find out later. But I think it's it's interesting that she's he's he says when can I go when she walks over to tell him whispers in her in his ear he kind of gives this like uh like it's not the answer he <coughs> wanted to hear we don't actually hear what she says but I right. thought it was interesting that he's like oh man it, that's how it felt um, what she says maybe we, we might not ever find out but maybe we will after she sucked up those the red curtains in that room blow up and we see the white horse which i don't know why we see the white horse from sarah palmer's visions um yeah i don't know because before it's kind of represented just um like drugs i thought or yeah I and forget but like what else. mark frost said he he Mark Frost in an interview said it rec- it it um was death. So Oh, okay. But I always thought it was drugs too because of it's always Sarah I mean, sees it when she's drugged. Yeah, and there's there's the like you're gonna go ride the white horse. Like yeah. that's a saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um anyway, but it's worth noting that that is there. So then we're back to the beginning of that whole scene with Dale sitting in the chair and Mike um, says that line about is it future is it past and it's like yeah I don't know what what is it and then you see Mike at the, in the corner of that room kind of telling him to follow him so then they go down the hall together and then we have the evolution of the arm which is yeah. looks like chewing gum on a tree um, <laughs> this is fantastic in my head Knowing what I knew about, like Mike Anderson saying, like, "Oh, I'm getting lowballed. I'm out." I imagine some conversation with him and David Lynch, where you know Mike Anderson's like, "I'm, you're not paying me enough," and David Lynch is like, "You know, well, fine, you're out." And Mike Anderson's like, "Well, what are you going to replace me with? Chewing gum on a tree?" And David Lynch is like, <laughs> "Exactly." <laughs> I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah, and and my first thought, um, as you could guess, was of that piece of artwork he did, where yes. he had the, the the like turkey in the head of clay <laughs> yes. that he put on a stick, and then because he had ants in his house, man, and so he made this this like head on a stick, and then the ants crawled all over it, and he took a bunch of pictures of it. Um, David Lynch has been busy on this thing, like his <laughs> thumbprint is. All over the show, like it's so. I mean, and if if you're into it, if you like his art, and I like his art, and I think John, I think you do, like it's great. But if not, it's like it's very <laughs> singular in a like kind of David Lynch artwork kind of way. Um, and at first, I I did have that reaction of like, oh, this this looks a little, you know, kind of uh, computer animated fluid. Yeah, you know, where it kind of 
Olympics. But then I thought, you know, if this was done like with a real, it would it would look so dumb if like real tree that they're just shaking around, or if it was like animatronic or something, it would look like a Tim Burton something sure. out of Beetlejuice or something. I, yeah. So I'm you know I'm ultimately happy with with what it, they did here. But he dropped some knowledge on us, and I'm I'm trying to remember what it is. Um, well, he says he says some lines that we've heard already. Um, right. I think that was just to help us really get a handle on who this is. He, but then he he tells him to remember his doppelganger. So then we we actually see scenes from season two, the season two finale. Um, yeah. And you kind of see Cooper remember that. So yeah, I think it's interesting that they're using footage from the old stuff. I didn't. I didn't know if they would do that or not, but I think the way that they're using it is like kind of to not only help us remember as the viewer, but also for the characters. Like, you know, you see Cooper mm-hmm. actually remembering that scenario. Um, I thought like I, when I watched this is like, if time works in a kind of different way, I actually had this thought of like, is this, was the, is this what the arm looked like before he became the little man? If that makes sense hmm. at all. Like, Interesting. I know that would be weird because you have older Coop, older Mike, and then you would have him being in a different time. But I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I actually, in the question of how are they going to deal with little Mike is he, if he's not in it, if this is the answer, I think it's kind of rad. And that just might yeah. be because I... I like David Lynch's artwork and maybe that's all, but I don't know. I, for me, I, I mean, as much as I would have liked to see the actor who who I have really liked in the past, I, once they came up with this crazy balls, other way to deal with it, like they didn't get rid of the character, you know, like that for me, that for me would have been the worst thing to, to just pretend like he didn't exist or say he's not here. I mean, same with like, the Philip Jeffries references and, you know, referencing the people that, that we, we know, or we think we know won't be around. Um, so anyway, I, I like that. Um, so then like we, Oh, the, the, the arm reminds him that even though Laura said, you can go out now, you can't, he can't leave until bad coop comes back. Um, and then we're speaking of Bad Coop. Bad Coop is there with this Jack character who we were introduced to at the diner. And they're like storing his car. And then there's this really weird scene where he's like, Jack, come here. And he just starts massaging his face for like yeah. 10 seconds. He's like, <clears throat> what is this? What is happening? Yeah. Hey, come here, Jack. You look tense. Let me I- get that jaw. I thought he was going to kill him or crush his face or something. Which and he, he, I also, yeah. You know, go well, I also thought, um, well, you know that like kind of gangster thing where they're like, did you rub him out? <laughs> He's like literally giving him a face rub. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> we don't get to see what happens to Jack, but we kind of find out in the next scene it's not good. So yeah. to me, as much as the Red Room scene is like was – I was so interested in, I think the next one has the most information of stuff that I was interested in, which is Cooper at the motel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this mm-hmm. is that character, Daria, who we'd seen earlier and Daria and Cooper kind of 
romantically involved. We don't know how far back the relationship goes before he picked her up at Beulah's, um, you know. I assume they didn't really know each other, but then they were sitting together at the restaurant, and then she's clearly... She's clearly fine with being in her underwear. Yeah, and um, she's like, I missed you, baby. Still, you know, like, yeah, you feel like yeah. maybe well, they knew. Well, John, when you have long hair, girls are real comfortable <laughs> about taking them clothes off. And a snakeskin yeah, shirt. Redheads. <laughs> so, to summarize this story of this scene, um, she's on the phone with Ray when he comes in. She's like, I gotta go. And Coop comes in, and she lies to him, says she's on the phone with Jack, but Jack was just killed by Cooper. So basically she's like, you know, he's like, you know what? I'm, I caught you in a lie. Um, and then we get to kind of see this really, really creepy, you know, he's, he's going to kill her. We had, we have to go through this with them. Um, yeah, it was a very, uh, to me, it was a very intense scene. Super, mm-hmm. super like just intense. waiting for her to die for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, the thing because he's like I'm gonna kill you, and then for five more minutes you're like okay, yeah. and it was so weird, like them sort of the way he was holding her. Yeah, um, yeah. But here's when when it finally did happen. I thought this feels like Bob, you know, because he's just bludgeoning her basically. Sure, sure. Yeah. But um, he still still brings up the gun, which is like again, mm-hmm. it's so it would be so weird to me to if like. If at the end of the Maddie scene, he would have just like shot her, like it would have been like, wait, mm-hmm. what? You know, I don't know. Right. Um, the stuff worth mentioning about this scene, though, is that um, Cooper needs some information about some coordinates. Um, and then the other question is like, he finds out that Dari and Ray were hired to kill him. And Ray in his phone call, because Cooper had somehow was able to have like the recording of the phone call that she was making, he mentions Jeffries, which you assume is Philip Jeffries, but then that seems like it, it can't be because later on in the scene, Coop talks to f- what he thinks is Philip Jeffries. Uh, now, who is Philip Jeffries? Remind me. David Bowie. David Bowie in the movie. Oh, Christ. All right, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So that threw me off a lot, John. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but if... He said... It it was the kind of thing where I think he said Jeffries, and then I I thought, oh, he can't mean that, can he? But then... uh, But then he clearly later thought that he was. Yeah, so... Um, So first off, like, let's... We're bearing the lead, like, Philip Jeffries is mentioned in this show... So it's like, yeah. <laughs> what is happening with that? I mean, we're I, we're we'll, we're kind of I'm kind of skipping ahead, but um, but there's just so much happening in the scene that I'm like, it's kind of answering questions of like, are they going to deal with these things? And they are, but we still don't know what's happening. Um, and he's got this equipment that's like 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 he's got like Cooper has a tape recorder. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a super weird high tech. I didn't even think about tape. that. That's but so it's funny. Like, and it's like, but it's, I love all the like gadgets in this scene because they're weird and they also, they seem like they're magic too. Yeah. Because like how his, is he recording her talking on the phone? Record, yeah. And then like when he puts it down on the table, it's like it's pulling the information out of the, the weird uh, computer that he's got there. Um, and, and then the one other thing that I realized, like, once he said, Philip, Philip, is that you? 
it occurred to me, oh, is it Philip Gerard? Like they're both named Philip. I wondered if that was. But he um, says, he literally says, this is Philip Jeffries, right? He says that line. The the voice on the other end? No, Cooper says that to him. Because when, so that voice starts saying, um, he says, you met with Major Garland Briggs. And he goes, how'd you know that? And he's all, he says, actually, I just called to say goodbye. And he goes, this is Philip Jeffries, right? And he says, you're going back in tomorrow. And he says, I will be with Bob again. The the voice, the voice on the phone says, he, I will be with Bob again? Yes. Uh, and Cooper thinks... That's it, funny. Cooper thinks he's talking to Philip Jeffries. See, all I heard was, let's dance. So, <laughs> did not compute. I, I, I realized that he knew he was talking to um, Philip Jeffries, but then it turned out he wasn't. Um. But that was a crazy scene because you're going, is it? Is it? Oh, it's not. Um, and also, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I've only watched it the one time. So I, I no, absorbed like I said, like I said, I think of the, is so thick, it's so the hard to retain. First <laughs> episode, I recommend everyone watching again with the subtitles because there's a lot going on. It's definitely worth uh, a second, a second watch. Um, a few more things to note was that that card he brings out, which is like an ace of spades with a very kind of weird David Lynch drawing over it. Um, Mm -hmm. What he says, he goes, has anybody ever shown this to you before? Do you know what this is? Did you ever see anything like this? And he says, this is what I want. What does that mean? Um, I, I was trying to figure out if it was a weird version of the owl cave ring. Yeah, that's what it looks like. That's a good call. It's it's a it's a variation of it, but it's not, you know, it's not spot on, and it's pretty easy to draw too. So yeah, it, it, yeah. I'm assuming it's something else, but um, I don't know. Or is it the arm? Is it you know? Is it a brain with twigs coming out of it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Who, and who is he talking to? And he, so, like, one other thing was like going into this is like are they going to mention or how are they going to deal with bob are they just going to not even talk about him but they're like talking about him a lot to where i'm like you're going to have to deal with him at some point like he's mentioned in this scene and then in the next scene so you know i don't know i just thought was one of my questions is like are they going to even talk about him or just like ignore it is that how they're going to deal with it and that's not how they're dealing with it at all so Hmm. um so whoever is on yeah, the phone, I, because Cooper thinks he's talking to Philip Jeffries, but at the end he's not sure. So, yeah. Anyway, he ends the ends this with he's on that laptop. And he, apparently, he still has access to like the FBI database, and he's looking up that federal prison where Ray. We think Ray is. Um, so he like downloads all the security system details, and then he goes next door to see Jennifer Jason Lee. Because, of course, like that's how this show has been. Like, here's this really kind of famous actress with three lines. Right? So far? I love that she showed up. She's, yes. she's great. Yeah. Can I, I can love that. Oh, go ahead. Why, what would be the significance of him talking to Philip Jeffries? Because we've wondered what happened to Philip after he disappeared in the movie. So, like, oh. remember Philip, like, had disappeared two years prior and then he 
like just showed up in the middle of the FBI and then he literally disappeared uh, right before their eyes in the FBI. Um, so much gotcha. so that they go and they like check the video feed to go, was he even really here? Were we hallucinating? No, there he is on the video. Um, and, and that's, and so at this point you're going, Oh, Coop, you know, evil Coop thought he was talking to Philip Jeffries, which meant they, they've been in communication, hmm. like a, a normal communication, like they have some kind of relationship and, and, um, you have to wonder, okay, well, if he's evil Coop and Philip Jeffries has been, he, I don't know if he's been in the lodge, but he's been in that thing they call the convenience store. So like, is he, is he part of those guys now? Or is he like, what just, you know, what the heck is going on there? It, it, it implied a bunch of relationships and stories that we, possible stories that we'll either find out about or we'll wonder about yeah, forever. We were even like, are we going to hear, is, is he even going to be a part of this at all? So the fact that he's like yeah. actually talking to Coop, you're like, what? A few more things to and just mention. Me no, go ahead, John. Sorry. I was just going to say, it gave me hope that even if people like Chet Desmond don't show up in person, that, that at least they might be addressed. Sure. Yeah, in, in the story in some way. Yeah, yeah. If, if Philip Jeffries is being addressed, um, speaking of like people just being referenced, he talks about him meeting with Major Garland Briggs, which is like, okay, well, when did that happen? Because you know, again, right. we know Don Davis passed away, and he was one of my favorite characters. But like, well, in the book, yeah, the, the, well, that's book. the book. In the book, it ends with cooper met with with garland briggs like right after he comes back from the lodge so if that's what he's talking about it's like well that was a long time ago why is why is he talking about that now um the other thing i just thought's worth mentioning is i thought it was really interesting that he just really kind of like nonchalantly mentions to daria he's like yeah i'm supposed to go back to the black lodge tomorrow but i I don't think i'm gonna go Yeah, I was like, that's like, a well, very just kind of off the cuff. Yeah, just like listen, listen of this other dimension. <laughs> listen, Daria, Daria, look tomorrow. I'm supposed to go back to the Black Lodge. I don't really want to go. So, like, what say you and me, Daria? Let's go get pancakes. You know, like maybe like take our time in the morning. It was just like really like so nonchalant for for him to talk about the Black Lodge in that manner. Did she react weirdly at that point? <laughs> No, or is I that when he's so. threatening her? Yeah, I think it's when he's when she's threatening her. Are you gonna kill uh, me? Yes, Daria. <clears throat> Sorry, I feel like I I went back and we stayed there. So let's keep moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee. She's Sorry. wet. Yeah, oh, that gosh. was great. <laughs> I mean, when she went and stood in front of him, I'm like, oh boy, here we go. But this, then I never guessed they would like you know, give us a line from Showgirls or something. <laughs> oh, good call. <laughs> what's the line? What's the line from um Wendy Forgotten? How McLaughlin was in Showgirls. Yeah, yeah. What's the line? Oh, I was just thinking, what's the line for waiting Guff waiting for Guffman where he's like, just do a line from another show, even if it's not the show you're in. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Even if it's like <laughs> another yeah. movie you used to be in, like Showgirls, just yeah. do it. There's a pause to say a line. Just I was hoping line. that she goes that he would be like, "Oh, I like that, uh, I like that nightgown." And she could be like, "Yeah, it's a Versace." 
cute. <laughs> That's a deep cut from Showgirls. So yeah. he, he my tells, friends just did a um, a staged reading of that screenplay. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, as like a donor event for a theater, and it was hysterical. And the <laughs> screenplay is like. There's so much more ridiculous, ter- terrible in that scri- screenplay because of all the scene descriptions. Oh, <laughs> I mean, how much great. coke he was sniffing when he wrote it in three days. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so we go, in July. Oh, sorry, we go back to the, we go back to the lodge. Um, in July, we're doing a reading of Jurassic Park. Go ahead. Okay, I'm listening. So Coop's back in the lodge, and the uh, we're we're doing more numbers. So the arm says two five three. And then he says, time and time again. And he says, Bob, 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 go now. So again, Bob is being mentioned. Like, I feel like this is going to have to be dealt with at some point. Um, he wasn't telling Bob to go now. He no, was just I think saying. he's mentioning, I think he's talking about Bob and he's telling Cooper to leave. Because I think, mm-hmm. like, I think you have to feel like the, it seems like the arm is being helpful in this scenario, but, whether or not you felt like he was. He- how can he leave? How can he leave if the? I mean, they already said that he yeah. can't leave till the other one comes I back. I don't. Right? I don't know. I don't. I don't well, understand. The other one said in that scene that he ha- he's not going back. He has a plan for that. So right. maybe he so meant. I think maybe, maybe he meant. Only, yeah. Sorry, Dallas. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. I think maybe they were like the only person who can stop bad Cooper is good Cooper. Yeah. Sure. I, so I felt it felt like at the time like go now was like get out of this room. Mm-hmm. So like Coop tries to leave, he goes down the hallway with that. The curtain is locked. There's like a, I don't know how that works. So he goes back the other way around, and so I we, like that. we see Leland. We we see Leland, who's very seems very mm-hmm. sad, and he tells him to find Laura, wherever Laura has been sucked up into. And this is where the red room starts to change. Something is kind of going on, and you even hear Mike say. Something's wrong, and the, and this is when the arm says, "My doppelganger." So when Coop goes back to, down the hallway, we see that statue, and he's going down the at end of the hallway. When he opens the curtains, we see that we see like a road in South Dakota that Bad Cooper's driving on, and this took me like I don't know. It was weird for me to see. It just felt different. Like I was not expecting that. Like, oh look, here's the outside world. Um, it was it was a startling juxtaposition. This like super theatrical, stylized uh, place that you think you sort of know the rules of, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> and, and like, I love that. Lo- I love what you just said. I love what you said about thinking you know the rules of. Like, I think my thing with this is like. Far be it from me to tell David Lynch what these things he created are supposed to be. So I'm trying to go into this with like an open mind of like, maybe this is how it all works and how it all worked the whole time. And we just like, like we've only seen it in such small portions that, (laughs) you know, yeah. Why do I think I know how this should work or what it should be? So, um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, he sees he sees himself, bad version of himself driving, and this is when, and I don't know if it's because of that that the red room starts to kind of like fall apart. Um, Which see, this is the other thing that was a bummer, not bummer, that was weird to me, was just how that like seeing the outside world thing was really weird. Like this effect was great. 
like the, so the red room, like the floor moving up and down. That and was stuff. pretty like, cool. That was like, oh, yeah, I cool. love that. That was my favorite image. Yeah, it was like intense like, and weird, and it looked good. Like it didn't look cheesy, you know, yeah. which is which was frustrating because I'm like, if this can look cool, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't, anyway, no, sure. And so then we see that the the um, statue turns into the the arms doppelganger. So it's like an angry piece of gum. Like it looks like it's was pre-chewed. Uh, so would you say would you say that they're the same? That the, the statue, the statue, and the doppelganger. I don't know. I don't know. So See, that's, this, that's what I, theory. That was my next theory. Is that is that the the doppelganger tree is the is the um, the thing the that kills them. Kills the people. Yeah. yeah oh, I see. What saying, I okay. feel like it happens, and we didn't. I didn't see it yet. I haven't seen season. Oh, season. Sorry, I haven't seen episode three and four. But I had the same theory, John, that like he floats into that little thing, uh, Kyle McLaughlin, and then he floats out and like goes back. And my theory is that he like pulls the doppelganger down into it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a pretty good theory. As the statue floats in that thing and then becomes the evil brain gum. and Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it also flails at Coop in a similar effect. Yeah. That that it fl- that it murders the kids. Yeah. In. Um, so. That's, that's a really good. That's a good theory. 29. No, no, no. But you, we know what you mean. But yeah, that's actually like, it's really no. interesting. Because if this, so what happens is the floor finally splits apart. I, again, like I don't know if it seems like this all happens because Cooper sees Bad Cooper, and that's when everything starts going wrong. And so finally, when the, the doppelganger, the arms doppelganger, is kind of starting to come out, and he says the words "non-existent," Cooper exits through the floor. The floor opens up, and he's just like floating through space um, until he hits the top of the glass outside of that New York building we've seen in the first episode. And then he kind of floats into the glass box. Um, this was, I thought this was awesome. I thought it was really cool. Uh, the way they kind of did this where he like, you know, kind of like sinks through it and then is floating into it. And this is the moment where Sam had gone out to let Tracy in to get coffee when she brought coffee. And so you're seeing the, like that scene of them looking for the security guard and he's not there. That's when Cooper's there. Um, and then there's like this really weird scene where he's in the box, but the box starts like moving backwards, like in like kind of a dimension. Um, anyway, I thought it was cool. And then he, and then he's gone, he disappears. And then we know, kind of know what happens next for them. But, um, yeah. Do we see him floating again after that? He's float. He floats in outer space. And isn't that how it ends? No, we go to the Palmer house. Oh yeah, with with Sarah. There's two more scenes. So there's a really quick scene with Sarah Palmer watching like Animal Planet with her own like DIY Bloody Mary bar. She's got like Bloody Mary mix and a bottle of vodka. And, and like watching. the biggest TV ever. <laughs> yes. In the in the smallest room. Yes, in that like tiny room where we once watched Laura make herself drinks and we saw Leland dance yeah. with Laura's picture and it's this really gruesome and graphic scene of these animals destroying each other and she's like totally enthralled um but um yeah that's our that's our intro back to sarah i guess it's like it's never been 
it'd be nice for Sarah to have like a moment in this season, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's just been a disaster for her from the first time we saw her in Twin Peaks. I mean, she's someone I would like to find some light at the end of yes, her tunnel. Yes, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Like, let's give yeah. her, let's give her a win. Lynch yeah. and Frost, can we do it? Because this doesn't feel like it. Her, her, like obsessing over animals, destroying each other while right drinking Bloody Marys at nighttime. Um, it's a morning drink, people. It's a morning drink. So we go from there. We're back in Twin Peaks to the freaking Roadhouse, which at first I kind of didn't. I didn't love this scene, but I, on the second watch, I really enjoyed it. It felt kind of fun. Um, so instead I mean of, I think the first time the first time you're waiting for the information yes. and there's no information no. they're just showing you these people to let you know that these people are going to show up in the show at yes, some point Exactly. And then the second time you can just enjoy it for what it is. Exactly. Know, so it's like there's a there's you know there's no Julie Cruz there's this band called the Chromatics they're playing and Shelly and her girlfriends are doing shots and James walks in with some dude we don't know. He's like a thick British accent. Um, and did you notice, mm-hmm. John, that Jock is tending bar? Yes, and he in the credit in the credits he's listed as a different um, Renault. So it's like a brother or something. Rat. Okay, I didn't notice that. Yeah. What was what yeah. was his? Do you know what his name was? Uh, oh, shoot. I can't think of it right this second. But if you look in the credits, it says it. Oh, you mean the brother's name? Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, I'll, whatever. I'll we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll figure it out. But I don't know. This see, scene, here's it, what's funny. <laughs> yeah. This is a callback, Sean. But the guy tending bar is the guy who I thought was the guy who was in Roadhouse. Okay. Like episodes ago, I was like, yeah. Yes. He's from Roadhouse, but it wasn't him. It's this guy. No, no, no. It's the same guy, right? It's the same actor. It's the same actor playing the brother. A different of, character. Of Jacques Renault, who got killed. But yeah, this guy in this show was in Roadhouse. But it's the same guy who was Jacques Renault in the first two seasons. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> Walter nope. Olkowitz. Yeah, from Roadhouse. Okay, fine. Fine, dude. Fine. Is it future or is it past? Is it past? <laughs> With this conversation. So, funny enough, that's the, that's the tagline to Roadhouse. Um, I like... Sh- so it's funny, Shelly has a... So when James walks in, James is staring at Shelly and like one of Shelly's friends. And and they're like, that guy's kind of weird. And Shelly's like, there's nothing wrong with him. He was in, in a motorcycle accident and he's quiet. James is cool. He's always been cool. And I was like, well... <laughs> Here's the thing. In the world of this show, he's the James Dean. <laughs> so, like, even though the rest of our, the real world that we live in <laughs> tends to look back and think this guy is a ding-dong, uh, that's what he's supposed he's, to be he's, in the show. He's, you know? he's, he's our ding-dong. So far, I like this James a lot better than the old James. <laughs> I know. I wonder if he'll like do poems and stuff. This oh, James I seems so. pretty calm, and I dig it. Really? I haven't done any. I haven't done any poems since my bike accident. <laughs> we what hear, if he'd like? <laughs> sorry, we're, we're big. No, we here at Dish and the Percolator are big James poetry fans. 
Um, <laughs> big time. What's with Balthazar uh, Getty in this? Oh yeah, is, giving is he Shelly like giving her the gun? Yeah, like do you? Whoa, they they look like they know was? each other, right? Yeah, yes. Balthazar Getty. Yeah. You know what's funny? Balthazar Getty was it's in, in Roadhouse too, <laughs> <laughs> and Lost Highway. He was in Lost Highway. Oh, he was great in Young Guns too. He was the Prince of Piss. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew I knew him from somewhere. Like I was watching, him, like God, I recognize that guy. Why? It was driving me nuts. It's worth noting that that chromatic song is. There's a part of it that's like a huge Sonic Youth ripoff, and I just have to tell all of you who are listening that. Oh, there's no way. I thought that band was a ripoff of another band. That, that doesn't make any sense, Sean. <laughs> I like their sound, though. I thought I thought it, I thought it was cool. I actually yeah, really liked the scene. Do, you like cool. Sonic Youth? <laughs> no, well, they sound like um, churches had sex with Goldfrap, and, <laughs> and their baby was this band. And I like both of those bands. I did think it was funny. Like this place is way hipper. It's really than it hip. Ever used to be. Like yeah, that's a, all those hipster beards it's a world full of truck drivers you know (laughs) apparently that's what i was like noticing too was like the bar was packed well apparently yeah like everyone had kids and like the last show and and all of them have decided not to leave twin peaks because there's a bunch of like 21 year olds right Mm -hmm. well why would you live twin leave twin peaks when the chromatics are coming to town (laughs) i mean if they're pulling in indie Mm. bands Well, anyway, that's that's part two, man. That was a, we we really dug deep on that one, but that was I feel like there's a lot of stuff in this one that I was my my uh, my curiosity was piqued. There's a lot of questions I have after this one, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I uh, I like this episode. I'm I'm excited to kind of keep going and figure out you know some of the new new questions, some of the new mysteries that have been placed before us, but. Have you both watched part three? We have. Yes. Yes. And I don't want to talk about it right now at all, because if I start, I will not stop. Well, Um, no, I haven't watched it, so. Yeah. I'm hoping you still are going to want to be a part of this podcast. After it? Well, get to I've get to four. Get through I've four. Said enough. Okay. I haven't. I haven't seen four yet. I'm actually going to watch four right now. Mm-hmm. After we're done here, but um, yeah, that was part well, two. We, if we, this is the last time I'm on the podcast. Yes, Dallas, thanks this a lot. This has been a, a lot of fun. Yes, um, I'm going to be starting a separate podcast that just does Balthazar Getty movies, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty excited about that. It's going to be me and um, oddly enough, me and Balthazar Getty. He's going to be my co-host, and it's going to be great. It's a good so, show. Hey, yeah, one well, thing. Not, it's not hard, John. I don't have a. This isn't a joke, but if He's in the phone book, if the way they're dealing with little the the little man was that he's evolved, is that how they'll deal with Bob? So that's why I guess I brought up that the guy earlier on the episode, the guy in the prison cell, was like, "Does Bob evolve? Does he look like someone else now? Like, is that how they're gonna?" You know, hmm. the precedent here is like, well, if we can't get the actor, we're gonna just change the physical appearance of this person and still make them kind of effective as what we want them to exist as. So like, could that be what they do? I don't know. It's just something I thought of. 
Um, mm-hmm. Can I say something separately too? Please. If, if the little man was going like, "Hey, there," you know, Showtime's not giving me enough money for this. I just want to be like, how, like honestly, n- nothing against the actor, but what, what, what else are you gonna do? What, yeah, what work are you turning down <laughs> at this point? Like, well, and do you think? Do you think like Ashley Judd's getting more than you were gonna get? Like, <laughs> I feel like Ashley Judd was like. I'll just do this one for you. I feel like 150 of the 250 people on the show did it as a favor or just because they wanted to be a part of it. Like, you know, I know, like, I know Keckner got paid. I don't know what, but I know he got paid because he called it work. It was yeah, like I doubt work, I, but I, yeah, I don't I think anyone did it for free. But I'm, I'm guessing what his thought was like, oh, well, I'm worth I'm just saying I'm, I'm a big part of this. Scale. Yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. he's like, "Oh, I'm important." So and David Lynch is like, so "I." Times. David Lynch is like, "I'll literally replace you with tree with a gum head," and he's like, "Yeah, you know." He called him on it, and David Lynch is like, "Fine, watch. Here it is, and here it is, and it works." Yeah. I don't know why. Just I think it works. It's like at some point you got to be like, uh, you know, it's fine. I'll take the five grand or whatever. Yeah, because you know I mean? Car- Car- Carnival like, Carnival is not coming back anytime soon. So, <laughs> although John, oh. I think John and I wish it would. Oh God, I wish it would. Yeah. All right, he's fantastic. In that. And <laughs> no, no, we really actually should stop. I think this might be the longest episode of Dish and the Percolator. But this ep- this <laughs> episode, this part two, was definitely worth talking about. I really enjoyed it. I I can't wait to talk to you guys about part three. Um, Have you guys seen John from Cincinnati? No, who who did that show? What was the, the Deadwood guy? guy? Yeah, I just want you to know this was entirely a joke. So let's just keep moving on. You don't want to talk about that? Okay. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, Dallas. Thanks, John, for talking about part two. Um, yeah, I look forward to talking about part three. Soon, All right. sometime we'll we'll so, get to it. Sounds we'll, good. We'll let you know. <laughs> All right. We'll thanks, see you guys everybody. next time. Follow us uh, on Twitter at Percolator Pod. Subscribe. Tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Mm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face, then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue, the clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't. Let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes. 
Something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? Mmm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee and donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin.